You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode of Pizza Quest is brought to you by Central Milling, hand-selected grain, expertly milled for passionate bakers. Central Milling is the farmer, the miller, and the baker working together to preserve American farmland for tomorrow while providing the highest quality flour and grains for the bakers of today. Dating back over 150 years, Central Milling is built on generations of knowledge, and they know that premium flour starts at the source. Employee-owned, Central Milling works directly with their farmers to sustainably grow grains that have exceptional flavor, nutrient content, color, and baking performance, which results in one of the largest selections of premium specialty flour and grains in the country. Hand-selected for the highest baking qualities, milled, cracked, or blended slowly to minimize heat generation, then bake-tested for performance. Learn more about Central Milling and their products at centralmilling.com. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt. I'm coming to you once again, as we have for the last number of episodes, from the uh, Northeast Pizza and Pasta and Artisan Baking Expo in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And I'm sitting here today with Karen Bornarth, who is the executive director of the Bread Bakers Guild of America, an organization that I have a long history with and a passion for. And uh, and I've seen a number of executive directors come and go. Uh, but I've known Karen almost as long as I've known the Guild. So yes. Because we met years ago when you when you were at Amy's Kitchen. Yes. Amy's, Amy's Breads. A, a long time Amy's ago. Breads in New York City. Yeah. So, um, so you've had a number of... Uh, what would you call it? The iterations of your career arcs yes. in your career somewhere in the middle of that you weren't you at the hot kitchen? I was uh, most recently a hot bread kitchen, a workforce development agency in New York City um, that also ran a social enterprise bakery. Um, where else? I was with Le Pain Quotidien for a period of time. Oh, yeah. I right. taught at the French Culinary, but yeah, I got my start at Amy's Bread on the night shift. I did the night shift for That's right. six you, years of wrote, my so, life. I think if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> And you wrote a great essay about working the night shift I wrote a couple that ran essays in the Bread Makers Guild. That actually, you know, it's funny. Newsletter. I wrote those essays. I wrote specifically about my team members there, who I all loved. <laughs> but it didn't occur to me that I should give them the heads up that I was writing about them. And then it got published. You were, and I, I you were the Anthony Bourdain of oh, the bread yes. world. <laughs> I remember coming in one night to a lot of very cold stares. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you pants them in front of the world. <laughs> yeah. The small world of the, of the Bread Makers Guild. Loving stuff. We, had, we yeah, had worked very yeah. hard and we had a lot of fun. Well, that we was good. I, that, that, I didn't realize that until I saw that that you. I said she's not just a baker; she's a writer baker. That's a different, <laughs> yeah. a whole different breed. Right I feel there. like there are a lot of us, though, writer bakers. I, I, so. I find that bread bakers were a little more introspective, maybe, and yeah. you know, philosophical, yeah. and we like to put this stuff on paper, not just into dough. Don't you think so? I, mean, I that's think true so. Of you. I yeah. think so. I think yeah. uh, we find that. Um, Bakers, I used to say, I say, I got in trouble for saying this. I said I felt like bakers are kind of a spiritual lot, and somebody wrote a response to that saying, you know, I'm not religious at all. I'm not, you know, I don't feel like you have to believe in God to be a great bread baker. I just, yeah. I, my religion is making great bread, and I wrote back and I said, well, that's not what I meant. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just think it, 
I just think making Great Britain is spiritual. To be I th- I, yeah, I think we're very much um, down in the earth, right? Yeah. We are very rooted to and the that's earth. That's why bread baking was so important to me because I was living up in my head for a long time yeah. with lots of notions and ideas and you know thoughts, but but nothing to ground them in. Mm-hmm. And when I discovered bread baking, suddenly I found the way to ground those ideas in the, the real present world yeah and connect your hands to your yes mind to and mind. to your heart and right? it changed All me of it. it changed me yeah. a lot and i yeah. think that, and i found lots of kindred spirits in the bread world before i found this larger you know community of kindred spirits in the pizza world in the pizza world. and really those yeah. two worlds are coming together you which know in a very good, interesting way i don't know where you stand and maybe this is controversial but i do think pizza is bread Right. That's well. I don't think we have you and I don't have a controversy about, about that. that. And, and to be honest with you, I think not, the majority of people in the pizza community will, will agree with the premise that pizza is is bread with something on it. Yeah. And that it starts with the bread. And most people, I think, not everybody, but most people agree that the difference between good pizza and great pizza is about the crust, not about it's the about toppings. about the dough. Yeah, and yeah. I think I would imagine a lot of these pizza makers here are kind of becoming more yeah. proficient bread makers at the same time, that, as they become more interested in the dough. That yeah. has been one of the real crossover benefits as these two conferences have come together, but not, and it predated that, but what happened was is, is that the pizza community, which had an intuitive notion of, of long fermentation to get a better pizza dough, but not understanding the science or the reasons why, yeah. saw this emerging artisan bread movement that I think was, you know, really in this country, uh, the charge for that was led by the Bread Bakers Guild of America sure. in bringing the knowledge yeah. to, to American bakers and fanning the flame. And suddenly people in the pizza world were saying, wow. You know, I'm seeing better bread than ever. What can I apply some of that to my pizza dose? And the hunger was always in this very competitive world of pizza is to is to see how I can keep making it better. Yeah. So, most of what the guild pioneered here is has been adopted. It started, I would say, about 15 years ago in the pizza community, and and very important players in the pizza world like Tony Gemignani, who's mm-hmm. you know a poster boy for a lot in the pizza yeah. world, and others started to like absorb that knowledge yeah and we're starting to we we want to cross over more into pizza at the guild and connect more with pizza makers we did a great class um this year with nicole bean who's an amazing competitor do you know nicole we had nicole on the show oh yep, nice yep, yep. oh yeah we, we interviewed her at the pizza expo oh, in that's vegas great. yeah, yeah and her- she did a pizza for the bakery case class because that's kind of a whole other world of pizza right not just the made to order pizza but that's what right in that, the case and, 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 and there's a yeah. lot of bakeries uh, that are bringing pizza into their mix, uh, or the other thing I noticed, and a lot of small uh, artists and bakers might have a pizza day, mm-hmm. and they'll do classic wood-fired pizza or whatever. Yeah. But in, in you know, and it's a great pizza, and the reason they're starting out with a great you know great dough, great yeah. crust. And then all they needed was some decent toppings in there. Yeah. They have a winner. Yeah. And then they went, I'm making more money on pizza day than I am on my bread <laughs> exactly. days. And so there is a total fit. Total. And it's, it's total. only a matter of time before, you know, it's almost going to be like expected <laughs> yeah. that if you have a bakery, you better have some yeah. kind of, some form of pizza yeah. as well. When I was teaching at the French Culinary, we did an Italian unit in the professional class. And we ended it, of course, with pizza day. Yes. And we monkeyed around with pizza formulas forever, pizza dough formulas. And then we discovered that the dough that we made for our baguette yes. made the best <laughs> pizza. pizza. <laughs> yeah. There's so not much difference between yeah. a great baguette dough and a great yeah, pizza dough. We, yeah, didn't yeah. Need to, we didn't need to invent anything. And, and it already <laughs> included all of the, the, the positives that the, that the pizza guys are knowing about 
the how longer fermentation yeah. creates a better product, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So you, it's like, why reinvent the wheel? <laughs> exactly. You know, you have, exactly. So, so the bread world and the pizza world have discovered each other as really essentially just a larger version of one community, I think. Yeah. And I, I, I refer to it often as a tribe. You know, that, that when you come to an expo like this, you realize you're part of a tribe, whether it's the bread tribe or the pizza tribe, and in many cases, a little bit of both. But, it, but it, there's, some, the, there's a kindred spirit yeah. afoot. We're the dough tribe. Oh, that doesn't sound the good. The dough tribe. Yeah. Think about it. you got to come up with something that's that. either alliterative or, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I call it, the fire freaks or the, the breadheads or the, you know, yeah. we all we have to come up with clever names for it just to give it a, put it in a category. <laughs> exactly. But the main thing is, and the key word for me is the, the idea of a kindred spirit, that there's something, you know, about being, whether it's pizza, bread, whatever, anything that to do, with, even fermentation in general, yeah. that that people that partake of that have something in common that I bonds so. them together. I think so. It's, it is, there's the science, but there's also kind of this mystic quality to it. Yes. And I think we're, for for many of us, we're attracted to both, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and, and then once you're connected to a community, then already some of your most important basic needs are being met. You're checking yeah. those off the mark. I've got my community, I've got my tribe. Yep. And I think that's why people keep coming back to these events. Yeah. Because it's kind of like re reunion time. Yeah. Was, that's why people keep coming back to the guild. It's the and that's, community. So let's talk about the guild. Yeah. Because that's, that is an early, you know, early driving force in what the rest of the rest of this country and the world, I think, are benefiting from mm -hmm. now. What is it? 30, 30 It is 30 years. years. 30 it is 30 years, years this year. And yeah. I remember when the guild first started in the early 90s. Yep. Um, and most American bakers who were young bakers at, i was a young baker at the time not anymore but, but when we were into it we didn't know what we were doing most no. of us if you worked <laughs> in a bakery you knew how to follow recipes but you didn't know you know what it was that made bread work yeah and then all yeah. of a sudden the guild came along and, and taught us i mean the guild the guild i the guild educated me i joined 1999 i think and you know i had had some education already second from round. school yeah, <laughs> yeah second round second generation but so much that I learned about baking, about being a teacher, about being a business, I learned through the Guild. And one important thing I learned through the Guild was that I never wanted to be a bakery owner. Ah, that's <laughs> and I am thankful you for, for a that very lesson. Good at bakery owner. I worked for a lot of great bakery owners, but I saw and I met a lot of great bakery owners um, from the Guild, but I talked with them and I saw what their experience was. I said, that's not the path for me. Um, and I it's think a that's special hugely breed. To own a business is a whole, it's a different It's a whole place. other yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's one thing that the Guild does so well and can do is kind of illuminate these different paths, you know. A like the way a show like this can do that. Yes. Well, how does the guild illuminate it for, for, for its members? Yeah. So we do it through education. Everything we do has education at its heart. And, you know, what's been interesting about the guild over the last few years is we've really transitioned to the virtual environment. Yeah. We still do in-person activities, but most of the people we're meeting, we're meeting through Zoom. Um, and we've really started to expand our programming by beyond baking techniques and into the business of baking. Because this is what, when I first started in this role about a year and a half ago, I asked members to have conversations with me. And I said, please, let's talk. And I talked to probably... I don't know, 100 members in my first three months on the job. And what I heard from them was, listen, I, I can make a great baguette. I can make a great ciabatta, but I don't know how to, uh, you know, create a PNL or calculate my cogs. 
And I also don't know how to attract and retain my staff. Uh, so this has idea. really been our focus, and this will be our focus for the next few years, is really the workforce, the current workforce, and how can we provide them with opportunities to grow and connect to this incredible community yeah. and really commit to the industry by showing them all the different possibilities. And, and, and some of the ways that you do that, the, one of the effective tools I think that you have, and I, when I trying to convince somebody to join the guild, it's worth it. If it's, it doesn't cost very much to join the guild and what you're gonna get is gonna change your life. And one of the tools that you give them is, is your newsletters. It used to be quarterly, now it's, it looks like it may be changing to twice a year. So we do the magazine, Breadlines, Breadlines um, and we're yeah. doing two big double issues this year. Um, and that's actually a, a printed magazine, but we want to move that so it's uh, accessible digitally as well. And it's and already just, digitally available, isn't Yeah, it? but it's kind of buried. You know, we want to put it up on Substack, yeah. make it really easy oh, Substack, for people yeah. to interact and find it. But, um, the, but what's contained in those, in those yeah. uh, I call them newsletters, but the, the what do you call it? The magazine. Call it? The magazine, yeah. yeah. It's, it's priceless knowledge. Yeah. And it covers... There's always at least one column on the business side, mm -hmm. some on cra the craft, on the on fermentation, on flour, yeah. on yeah. Uh, formulas. Yeah. I mean, there's so much knowledge in each in each issue. You could build a bakery on one issue alone. You could. And, and if we, you join now, you could actually still have access to all the old issues, too, You right? can have access to all the old issues, yep, through our database. You can also have access to hundreds and hundreds of formulas. So all what we've been doing for 30 years is amazing hands-on classes with some of the best bakers in the country, and they all provide formulas. And those formulas are tested and proven, and they make sense And one bakeries. thing, if you remember, one thing you will learn is how to read a formula. Yeah, well, because yeah. <laughs> because there's a format for those formulas that when you first look at it, you go, I don't understand how to make sense of it. But once yeah. you do, then it's hard to go back because you realize, oh, my God, this is like a perfect template <laughs> yes, for a formula. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, just having a handle on Baker's math opens up a world of possibility for a baker. I mean, converting formulas to different amounts is one thing, but just understanding the relationship between the different ingredients and the ratios yes. is kind How of like... How many times have you heard a baker say, when I learned about Baker's Math, it changed my life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. It's a life-changing... Yeah. It's a piece of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. It was the, the first time in my life that I actually liked math. Yeah, right. <laughs> when it I gave learned us a about reason. Yeah. Math, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> now I actually know what I'm going to do with same this. Same thing for me. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it made math fun for the first time. Yeah. You know? yeah. But my students, you know, would really uh, have emotional reactions to having of to course. learn it. Of course. Because of their own experiences with yeah. math. Yeah. So they, I can't do math. Again, but, you know, it's not that hard to, it's not rocket science. You can no. learn Baker's math if you're willing to get through and maybe have a couple cries, you know, yeah. when, when your emotions go, I can't do this, because I did yeah. that when just not trying to learn how to do a computer, I had that same experience. Sure. But once they learn it, then they say the same thing. Oh yeah. my God, I can't believe how, you yeah. know, how this yeah. works. Yeah, but just being able to have that information at your fingertips. So if you need to make a correction on the fly, you know, you added too much flour to the mixer to know that you need to add an additional amount of salt. You know, it's just so freeing. And for I people think. who are listening who don't know what we're talking about, basically it comes down to the fact that you're, you're learning the ratios of, of, of the ingredients, the proper ratio of ingredients to each other yeah. to create the the loaf that you're envisioning exactly. in your mind. Yeah. So for whatever, whatever, 100 parts of flour, it's 
70 parts of water, two parts of salt, and so on. And so, yeah. so bakers, when they get together, they can just have a conversation all in numbers. <laughs> in numbers. Go, yeah, yeah. What, what, what are you doing these days? I'm doing 78%. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, that is always the thing. It's always about hydration, hydration. right? But I feel like the hydration wars are slowing down a little bit. I think people are coming more back down to earth with their hydrations. I don't know if you're seeing it, but well, for a long it time now, it was. It's just the opposite in pizza. Oh, up. really? Oh. In, in the bread world, you know, the, we play, you have to try everything before you yeah. know what you're going to do. Yeah. In the pizza world, same thing, the, the, the pizza makers are pushing their, their hydration in their pizza dough until they realize, oh my, I've gone too far. <laughs> yeah. We were talking to uh, in, in another episode about the Roman style of pizza, which starts at 80%, but can often go wow. up to 90%. Wow. And you see that sometimes in a, a ciabatta bread or something. But in the pizza world, typically 68%, 70% is about yeah. it. You know. Yeah. So, but... Listen, you have to try the, everything to know what's going to work for you in the style true. you're trying to do it's true. and what kind of oven you yeah. have and everything else. But yeah, so I there's a little uh, bakery in my town and I asked the guy, could I come work with you a little bit? Just spend some time on the bench because I miss it. I yeah. really miss it. Yeah. He says, sure. And I go in and he's got these like soupy, soupy doughs, you know, and he makes amazing bread. Wow. But I couldn't handle it. And I have pretty good hand skills, yeah. but it was just too much for me. So really? I think you have to be careful that you don't create a, a dough that's so difficult to handle that even somebody with a lot of bench experience yeah. comes in and unless you want to have with. a very highly trained specialized employee <laughs> yeah. who will then leave you leave you crying <laughs> and open a bakery exactly. across the street exactly. <laughs> and copy you. yeah but so did you watch him work with that dough what did he what, what did he do to make it work I, he really used very little flour I feel like he actually didn't have any flour on the bench. He turned the dough and no water, but he was very good with his scraper. Wow. So he's really, he was dividing. I was trying to shape and, but he was using the scraper really effectively to keep it from sticking to the table. I don't, he wasn't wow. using no, water. No oil even? No oil, no water, no Unbelievable. flour. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's, that, that's it. That, that would make a great uh, video. Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, and the bread was great. He makes good bread. He makes very good bread. Although I will say the one drawback to those high hydration breads is in the summer when the weather is humid, you can't cut into that bread on day one. You know, this is oh. like a Pano Levin style bread. And you know how you get that real stickiness yeah. on like a high hydration dough. Um, and wait, wait, hold on for one second. We're doing this, but I'll, I'll sign that one for you if you want. <laughs> but you can look at it. I'm sorry, we have people walking by our table for those who are listening and they're, and they're seeing my book and they want to know if they can buy one in the middle of our conversation, you know, which is fine with me, except yeah. that I, we, I want to keep talking to yeah. you. Anyhow, you know, you get that stickiness of crumb because the, the bread has to continue to set after it cools. So sometimes in the summer, I'd get a loaf of bread from him and it's too sticky to cut on the yeah, first yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah. So, it's, so there that's are an, some drawbacks to in that. Itself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do so you find that though can on the second day... Uh, become less sort of less gummy and yeah well you know. i you know i one of the things i love to make and eat are high percentage rye breads exactly. um that's one of the and that's definitely you gummy need bread two yeah. or three days of letting that kind of cure and set out of the ovens and you lose that stickiness Lionel yeah. Pallon told me and this was a long time ago but he was still alive then and he died a long time ago um that he always thought his breads were better on the second or third day mm -hmm. yeah. and 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 I was convinced that no, it's never better than when it first comes out of the <laughs> well, oven. But you know, but he's been around his bread a lot longer yeah, than me, and, yeah. he, and I think for the same reason, it kind of settles. Yeah, mm -hmm. like a miche, a high percentage rye bread, a baguette for sure, first day, right? Yeah. A panola van, I think yeah. first day. 
I think it depends on the bread. That's interesting. Well, but I think most people, they buy bread. Your customers, they take it home. They think fresh bread. I want to eat this right now. Yeah. So they don't want to necessarily wait the two or three days for it to, to but if set. You, but if you buy a Volkernbrot or something, yeah. you, you, wait till the third day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to have it around for a month anyway. So yeah, Exactly. So so this is what like two bread geeks do is they talk about stuff yeah. like this. And for those of you who are listening who are not bread geeks, you know, you're probably wondering, what the hell are they talking about? But to, but some of you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, if you those are the kindred bread, spirits. It's a little sticky. You know yeah. why? <laughs> so so the guild again, going back to what the guild does for its members. Um, so the, so there's this educational tool, the the magazine. But what else? You got other things going. It's it classes. I mean, right now, for instance, at the show, we have classes going on at our booth. Um, one of our board members, Edna Coaches, is there right now teaching a little class on social media, oh. and she's going to follow that up with a class on newsletters. Um, so we're really connecting to our members, not just through baking techniques, but also through business acumen. Um, so we're trying to really provide all of the skills necessary to have a strong business or to grow a career. And I think most critically, the thing that the Guild has done so well through the years is connect people to one another yes. and form community. Yes. You know, so I taught a class this morning on um, business operations and job quality, and there was a lot of discussion in that class and sharing out. Did you get a good turnout? I had a great turnout oh, um, and lots of sharing from bakery owners. And then when the class ended, I walked out of the room and there's still 10 people in the room and they're chatting and they're good. Good change, you know, exchanging yeah. phone numbers and that. And, is, and were all these people who were not members of the guild? So they all are now. They yeah, all came they down now, to the yeah. booth to, yeah, to join. But they saw you know, the benefit right away. They saw the benefit, and now they're connected to one another, right? So they're an incredible resource for each other, and that's really what the guild is about. Isn't is that the that classic peer, purpose of the guild, in a yeah, sense? Exactly. It's it's that peer to peer connection, that peer to peer consulting that can happen both formally and informally. And that's what we're about, and that's what we want to do more of. And in particular, as I said, we want to do that with young people in the industry. Right? Young people, Get yes. them out of their bakeries, get them to events, get them to shows, even just get them into a Zoom class so they can interact with other people in the industry, see what's going on, and get excited. Is there a new wave excited. of young people coming into the oh. baking industry? For sure. I mean, so many of the bakeries um, that I see popping up around the country are, they're young. These are young people who are starting bakeries, you know, whether they're cottage bakers or brick and mortars, they're doing super interesting, exciting stuff. They tend to be very specialized and very neighborhood and community focused. And they're young people. Yeah. Is the Guild also um, doing uh, work with the, with the, the new, the sort of the, the, the small mills, the local mills? And farmers and things like that. Yeah, we brain. have an event actually um, on November 5th in Columbus, Ohio, at the Columbus State Community College. We're holding an event on the local grain economy in Ohio. Wow. And we're bringing together farmers, millers, and bakers to talk about the regenerative farming that's happening in Ohio, all the spelt that's being grown spelt, there. Spelt's <laughs> happening. It's, yeah. it's back. Spelt yeah, yeah. never went away, but it's back. And Ohio's the biggest grower. So Is that right? Yeah. So we're doing a lot more programming yeah, we did on something that. like that in North Carolina that I think you attended, right? At the National so. Bread Festival. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. It was all, it was kind of uh, helmed by the, the, the Miller portion of it, which which was Carolina Ground Mills. Yep. And then uh, a lot of the farmers who were growing specifically for her and then bakers who were learning how to work with those unique grains. Yeah. This is what one of the most exciting things I think that's happening in our industry is the attention that bakers are 
paying these days to their primary ingredient, right? I, I don't know about you, but for me, for a long time, I just opened big 50-pound yeah. bags of flour and didn't think a whole lot about what was in there or where it came from or what yeah. it really meant. Talk about taking something for granted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then one of the most interesting experiences I had was with the Guild. Um, I, this might have been 2006, 2007. The Guild organized... Uh, a trip, a group of bakers got on a bus at one end of Kansas and we drove clear across the state. Yeah. yeah, I didn't go on it, but I remember it was amazing. It. Yeah, yeah. We visited farmers and millers and cereal chemists and bakers, and we all we were all nearly in Colorado by the time we finished. I and wish it was, that I could have been there with you. It was bus, such yeah. an eye opening experience, yeah. and it really got to me to start thinking about oh, wait a minute, this flour, this, this critical ingredient. And I think what was interesting for the farmers that we visited, they were mostly commodity grain farmers. They said, well, it's it's nice for us to realize that what we're selling is food, you know, because they think about it as commodity. But connecting with bakers, connecting with people who care about... Yeah, they needed to be connected as much as we need to connect to them. Yeah. Uh, Which is interesting because I think this idea of connection is such a fundamental human need and and it gives us purpose and probably one of the greatest causes of... Of the, of the societal problems we have is the disconnection yeah. that exists. So, uh, you know, in its own way, the guilds in general, but the Bread Bakers Guild in particular, is a way to, it's kind of an antidote to to a, a larger problem. That's our intention. I mean, it, it, you know, it's been tough over the last few years with the pandemic to bring people together, but we have discovered, you know, the virtual format is a great place to do that. Social media is a great place to connect that's, with that's, people. That's, that's you know? the upside of it all, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, are, are members of the guild, do they have to be professionals? They don't. They don't have to be professionals. They can be a, a bread enthusiast. Any anybody who likes to eat bread, make bread, think about bread. I don't. <laughs> any of it. So, so home bakers could join the guild. Yes, and we do have home bakers in our membership. And what's interesting is many of them actually become professionals. That's right. Well, that's true. You always say, "Watch out now, you're going <laughs> yeah. down the rabbit hole." Yeah. But but uh, you have to start somewhere. You do. I, I mean, yeah. I started as a home baker. You know, yeah. who didn't? Uh, unless you were born into it. No, I but, started at home yeah. also. Yeah. But but um, I think but I think that's amazing how large that community is, the home baking community. Yeah. I mean, you sat on a panel when I did the bread symposium a couple of years ago, where we which we also did virtually on Zoom. Yeah. And you were on a panel, I think, that uh, addressed the issues of. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it women? Women in baking? Was that your panel? No, or? I was on the panel where we talked about education, education and, and training. Baking. Yeah, yeah. So that, well, that, yeah. But you could have been as easily on, yeah. the, on the women panel because we yeah. had another panel that uh, where, where we discussed the growing number of women and they're getting into the baking business. Yeah, and it's true in the sure. pizza world as well. More and more women. There's a a, a group of women uh, champion Nicole Bean being one of them who you yeah. mentioned earlier, who was part of the women in pizza yeah. sub <laughs> sub society, you know, yeah. basically the champions of women. Yeah. You know, and and uh, it's not because they need to be champions; it's because it's happening already. It's happening, and, it, yeah. and, and they need to be connected to each other absolutely. too. Absolutely, absolutely. And so much happens through those connections and through partnership. We're working with Women in Pizza, and we we want to do more programming with them yeah, and with Nicole. Sense. She's going to come to Camp Bread. We're having Camp Bread so, next so month. So let's talk about Camp Bread. <laughs> yeah, because Camp Bread is a, is a what every two or three years the guild puts on a. a a Woodstock-like event, which <laughs> yeah. is sometimes called Wheatstock, yes, yes. and and you talk about going to a place where you feel like you're at fantasy camp for breadheads. Yes. That's the event. That is the event. And it, you have to be a guild member to go. 
Well, yes. We if if we if we have any ticket openings left, we'll we'll sell them to non-members. But chances are, there's not going to be any. Usually, tickets there's a left. waiting list to get in. <laughs> yeah. So March fifth through seventh, twenty twenty-four, in, in Providence, Providence, Rhode, Rhode Island, Island, at Johnson at Wales, Johnson Wales. Wales. where I teach. Yeah. And so we've been hosting it the last couple of times. It wasn't always yes. there. It's been yeah. in other places, but. The first one was San Francisco Baking Institute, I re- 2005. I, I, went I went to that one. Yeah. And then it was in Chicago a couple College. times, right? Kendall yeah. College hosted it. And then yeah. uh, Kendall's, I think, no longer there. And uh, and Johnson Wales took it on a, a couple of years back. Yeah, at and least a couple. And we have a nice baking facility. Yes, there. it's amazing. And, and so, we're going to have so, so if you want to spend, what is it, three days of... Three days of, uh, it's an extravaganza. I don't, I can't think of another it's, word it, <laughs> of I just education. Call it camp for yeah, babies, yeah, it is a camp, and, and it's got <laughs> workshops, hands-on workshops, you know, meals and, and you know, fellowship yep. meals and and great pizza usually. Yep. And uh, and some of the best bread teachers in the world. The best, yeah, and fun. You know, it's camp. It's not a conference. Yeah. It's not a trade show. Not a competition. <laughs> it's not a competition. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have classes on lamination, on sourdough. We'll have classes on milling. Um, Andrew Hain from New American Stone Mill was gonna is gonna bring a mill on site. Wow. Yeah. Um, so many good things happening. Lots of classes on I business. Hope he leaves it there. That campus needs its own mill. They have to have <laughs> yeah. a mill there. You know? <laughs> from your mouth to Andrew's ears. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, who's gonna pay for it? Probably not sounds that way. <laughs> I don't know. I'll work yeah. on them, but yeah, but that's exciting. So that and, yeah. and so for people who are listening, who either want to join the guild and go, or are guild members and would like to know when will the announcements go out on the and the applications. Yeah, be we're going to open up ticket sales in the second half of October. Um, so well, by the time you hear this, then. We're recording this on October 1st, but it probably won't run till you know, okay. for, for a number of weeks. So it'll yeah. be out by the time you hear this it, show. It'll be out. And uh, you can learn more about us by visiting us at bbga.org. Bbga.org. Yeah. Send a, or send us an email, info at bbga.org. And remember to use org because if you go .com, you get to a <laughs> yeah. whole different organization. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even wonder. <laughs> yeah. I've never even looked at that. I know that one time I, I was in an organization where it was uh, it was iacp.org, yeah. which was International Association of Culinary Professionals. Yeah. But if you put .com, you ended up at the International Association of Police Commissioners oh, or something like that. not the right place <laughs> it was to be. Law enforcement agency. <laughs> yeah. you know? So you never know where you're going to end up. But remember the dot .org. The dot .org, yes. We are a nonprofit. Yeah. We are a nonprofit. Yeah. And join. Uh, and we have lots of great free events and classes for members. We have discounts on hands-on classes for members. We have the magazine, as you mentioned. Um, and we just have a growing, active community who are committed to good bread and baked goods and to the health of our businesses and our workers and the future so, of so bread. So you have uh, workshops that you put on around the country. We do. We have different Live partners. Where- yeah, we partner with um, King Arthur Flour. We partner with Central Milling. We partner uh, with different schools around the country to hold um, in-person classes yeah, and events. Yeah, we hosted some at, yeah. at my yeah. campus and the Providence yeah, campus. Yeah, we definitely Johnson do a lot with yeah. Johnson and Wales. Yeah, so... Yeah. so uh, so there's though that's another benefit is as a member you can go to these events. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm stressing the thing about as a member because I think anybody who's seriously into bread or pizza dough or pizza should be a member of the guild. Yeah, there's no or, downside. No, there's no downside or really just bakery, honestly. You yeah. know, we have very few members who only make bread, right? Most of our bakery members have a much fuller line. That's true, yeah. You know, because there's not a lot of, not even bread alone 
sells bread alone, that's right? That's true. Yeah, bread <laughs> so, alone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oxymoron. Yeah. yeah. But, so but we, we're here to support all and, different and, types and of bakeries. And a lot of the educational material is, is about the pastry side as well. There's, we have a lot of pastry. Yeah. We have a lot of croissant, viennoiserie information. Um, but our members, they they make everything, right? <laughs> they make that's everything. Right. So, that's right. Uh, and, and so, again, I just feel like a resource like that, you know, you, you should not be in the game. In fact, it's usually like almost like the shibboleth, you know, of, of, of uh, when I talk to bakers and they go, yeah, I've opened my little bakery. And I said, well, are you a member of the guild? And they go, the guild? Yeah. Go, no, no. Yeah. I said, no one will take you seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I will make a plug, though, too, as, as the guild for an incredible source of professional development for your team. Right. So if you're an owner or a manager and you're looking for easy ways to provide education to your team, look to the guild. You know, our virtual classes, you, you can sign up, uh, get a link and share it out with your team members. Ah. If you can schedule an hour break in production for someone to sit down and watch a class, that's an incredible opportunity. Um, and professional development is really important to retaining people. Yes. So I would think about it not just for the owners, but really for the folks working on the bench. Well, you work so hard to find a good employee you do not want to lose them exactly over something silly yes know? yes and you know generally speaking people want to learn yeah. they want to learn new things they want to do more and be challenged yeah yeah well well the guild has come a long way since i was there <laughs> as a founding member yeah. uh and i think it was 1992 or 93 1993 and we watched the <laughs> as the american teams started to form and compete against the europeans you know one of our founding members craig ponsford was the first to win a gold medal at yeah. the at the world champions, the Coupe du Monde, the World <laughs> Cup of Bread, yep. and then a couple of years later, the, the American team won, and that took the world by surprise. By it was kind of like when when the wine, the American wines beat the French wines. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, the American breads are beating the French breads, and the the Frenchmen are wanting to, to commit suicide over over it. You know, it's like yeah. what a dishonor. You know, and but it raised everybody's game. It does, and it raised, certainly keeps raising our game. Yeah, and every time we put a team out, they don't always win, but they. The, the, it, it raises the training level, the, the knowledge base of the American bread community. Yeah, yeah. And it, it filters back down to yeah. all the members because they get to see the, the formula packets exactly. and, and everything. So, exactly. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's been an exciting ride. I've, I've enjoyed watching that happen and, and seeing this parallel track happen in the pizza world. Um, and uh, and I think in all of the various you know, artisan crafts, whether it's cheese or wine making, beer making, there's similar, you know, uh, parallel things, but the Bread Bakers Guild is really a gold standard. And, yeah. And so, congratulations Thank to you. you and the guild oh. for all its growth, <laughs> and um, you know, look forward to seeing yeah. the, the outcomes. Remember, are we going to call it this uh, the Camp Bread again? Is it going? It's going to be back, Camp Bread. We're, we're going, going back to Camp Wheatstock. Bread. Wheatstock <laughs> Bread had its, had its run. No, no, it's. You know, I am very fond of that name because that was one of my early experiences camp with bread, the Guild. Yeah, was yeah. the first Camp Bread, and Camp to me really captures the spirit of the event. It's about learning and camaraderie and fun, and that's camp, right? That's that summer is, camp. That is camp, yeah. and it really is like going to camp. Yeah. Uh, so those of you who can who can make it, or if you can, if you're lucky enough to get a ticket, if you want to go, yeah. not everybody's going to get one. There's going to yeah. be a waiting list. I guarantee it. Uh, you know, look into it uh, as soon as you can, and um, and if you if you're not a member of the guild yet, find out how to be, you know get on the website yeah. and and consider joining the 
the, the cost of entry is minimal. It's minimal. And if anyone has any financial barriers to participation in the guild, let us know because we do not want that to stand in anyone's way of joining or taking a class. We have scholarship funds available. We can offer discounts on membership. So we really want folks to participate no matter where you're coming from or what you okay, what you're able like to, to pay. Like you're kind of having fun. being. They're, 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 it's, it's a difficult job what you're doing. It's a doing. difficult job. You're, you're riding herd good. over a lot of independent thinking people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with, and, and issues come up all the time that have to be resolved. But uh, so did you have to, when you when you signed on as executive, did you have to give a, a time commitment? Like, I'll do it for the next four years. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no it, it's, because, because we hate to get a, a new director and then a year later they no, go, oh, my God, no, this is harder than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know, coming to the Guild in this role feels like coming home. And, and I, I it's funny, I saw the job posting and I felt like they had taken my resume and made it into a job You were born for this job. I, I re, it really kind of felt that way. I mean, I've spent a career now really thinking about small businesses and their workforce and how we can support them. And, and that, to me, is what the Guild is all about. And ensuring that these bakeries that we know and love are going to be around, you know, for another 10 years. And that the new bakeries are going to be able to do it, too. Because what is life without all these wonderful baked goods? It's just not... Yeah. Not worthwhile. Yeah. So, yeah. So well, I, it, it's a good fit for me. And yeah, oh, good. Yeah, it's an industry. Well, Karen I know. Warner, thank you so much for being with us today on Pizza Quest, uh, but also for your work. Yeah. And for continuing the advancement of great bread, not only in America, but really, <laughs> it's this, the effect of the guild is global. Yes. And thank you, Peter, for having me. And thank you for your commitment to the guild. We do appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure. And I will see you around for all sure. Right, good. And Thanks. thank all of you for listening to Pizza Quest today and joining us. And join us again next week for another episode of Pizza Quest with Peter Reinhardt. I'm for a while going to be doing episodes from this expo, but we also do some, uh, you know, that are on Zoom and uh, we'll be interspersing some of the ones that I do from my home base, you know, on Zoom with the ones that are audio only through the Heritage Radio Network here at the Pizza Expo. Awesome. Thanks so much. <laughs> Have fun. I'm going to go right. eat some pizza. Bye. Yeah, get some pizza. Enjoy the show. And I'll see you at your table later on at the Guild Pit Table. Thank you. Bye, Karen. Pizza Quest is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.